0: Last time I checked, I was still a kid Childish, childish This
1: all freaks me out childish. So, childish. Another big week. What would we talk week. about?
0: Couple semi-disgusting airplane stories. Who the hell that
1: I, uh... You can hear details about how I do, in fact, calm myself down in the restroom in a very erotic way. Oh,
0: man. It's yeah. A nice way of saying We're it. We're putting out erotica. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then a story where I went into the bathroom and I came out, I don't know how much later, and you have to listen to find out what happened. Something it's not was, what you think.
1: Something was missing and it came out of a bad part of you or a beautiful part of you, depending if you're married to you. <laughs> Childish this week.
0: Also, I ran over another item of baby gear oh, Why does this keep happening And will it break up my marriage Listen to Childish Wherever you listen to podcasts New episodes every Wednesday Childish, oh shit Last time I checked I was still a kid Childish, childish This all freaks me out a bit Childish, oh shit How can I parent when I'm still a kid Childish, oh shit Who the hell decided I was ready? i see Rosen, Allison, Allison, Rosin is your new best
2: friend. Allison, Allison, we've heard the good
0: times never end. Allison, Rosin, do you need to wave your hands and again? Allison, Rosin, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm in the pod cabin with producer Tony. Hi. Hi. I'm
1: proud of you. You didn't say, I think that's the name we're sticking with. No, I you know. Just, I went with did it. it. You did I know. It but
0: you know what? On the Thursday show, uh, Daniel's intro, he, even though he knows that I said, yeah. we're going with pod cabin. Did you notice? I did notice. The big fuck you we got when he called <laughs> it the, the last two episodes, he's called it the pod shed. Is
1: he, is he, what's, what's the deal there? Is he against it or what?
0: I don't, I feel like he's just got to put his own stamp on it.
1: Yeah, whole, I don't own know. Own stamp, Daniel. And
0: I have been meaning to ask him, what is the deal? And I'm going to do it in person, not in, <laughs> not in an internet comment. Will
1: you do it like a Jerry Seinfeld routine? What
0: <laughs> is the deal with Podshed? Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like, I feel like he even said, what do you think of Podshed? And I was like, nah i mean why ask anyway that has nothing to do it it does have a little bit to do with uh what's going on but not a lot to do with the fact that we have jonah ray it's his third time back jonah ray you know him from so much you know him from alice Roses. his new best friend a couple times um he uh his past is that he is a punk drummer and he's (laughs) He's still doing the music. He's got an album of punk covers of Weird Al songs called, and I love this title: "You Can't Call Me Al." You also know him from two seasons of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. His character was named Jonah Heston, ba- based off of the fact that his first name is Jonah. I'm going I'm to go out on a limb. You can you can talk now.
2: Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. welcome. It was, like, it was like a nice like like into the sound like Heston, and then yeah. there was a silence.
0: Yeah. Because I I was thinking about it. Yeah,
2: it's a you know Heston because Joel Hodgson was Joel Robinson, Mm. Robinson the you know that's like a sci-fi name because of uh, Lost in Space, and then Heston is of course Charlton Charlton. Heston, you know, because of my love of guns.
0: Right. (laughs) I wish you hadn't brought so many with you. Do you
2: always bring them with you? I just think people want to see them, so they're not so afraid of them. Mm. You know, that's
0: here's (laughs) the thing. It's a tool. Would you be afraid of a <laughs> screwdriver? Someone actually said this to me when I was like, please don't show me your guns. Yeah. Um, and uh, you also know him from two seasons of Hidden America, which was a travel show and also a comedic...
2: It was a fake travel show. A
0: fake travel show. Yeah. Would you say it was a parody?
2: Yes, it was an Anthony Bourdain parody. It was a sketch show wrapped inside the guise of a... Uh, uh, travel show
0: and also he's a comedian an entertainer a musician now I've already said this stuff but he also and uh and you and I had a little chat beforehand mm-hmm. we put our heads together for this intro which I think is going swimmingly I think so I think it's great yeah it's fun uh and I said Should we mentioned Meltdown you know like that was a long time ago but I'm gonna mention it all right because it was an important show yeah it we- was you it was Kumail yes. it was Emily people might be familiar with them
2: Emily V Gordon that's yeah. right don't have to say Kumail's last name. It's pretty singular at this point. I think. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's just Kumail. Yeah,
2: and I don't want to. I don't want to uh, say that. I don't bring it up just because. Uh, because I feel badly. I. It's like it's one of the most important a- aspects of my entire life, my mm-hmm. career, and my with my friendship. Like you know, the reason I know a lot of my friends today are be- because of that show. Me too. Uh yeah. Is yeah. it like Tony? That's where we became friends. Yeah. That's where we. A lot of our friends became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's um, it just. But I think it's when I think about. Credits. I always feel so weird when something's like done and gone, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I don't like to rest on laurels so much. You know, I don't know. Those are are they still up on? I'm sure you can buy them on Amazon, but they. I think they're streaming on Amazon. Amazon. I I know the I know the Comedy Central app has them. They're good shows. Every once in a while, I'll go back. You know, we uh, we put um uh, Comedy Central put in front of the paywall or whatever they do on their app, but they. You know, uh, they put a uh, the episode with uh, Brody Stevens on oh, uh, yeah. when he passed away, which was great. And it was, uh, I think, that was as a Brody fan, I, uh, and not to toot our show's own horn, but I think that was like the best Brody set I'd ever mm. seen captured because it's like you saw him backstage doing the thing he did, where he was like trying to work on some dumb joke, <laughs> and he's like, ah, I got it, I'll do it on stage, <laughs> and then like goes on stage and it doesn't do as well. As, oh, that's you know. funny. But, so
0: for yeah. anyone who's unfamiliar, um, the meltdown was. Uh, there what wait, well, what was the name of the comic book store
2: it was called meltdown comics okay. which was a comic book show a huge on comic sunset. book shop on sunset right. in hollywood and uh and then we started doing a show in the back room of it called uh, nerd
0: melt was the name of that no, room no, well then when right? we started
2: it was still just the, oh, the okay. back room at meltdown it was like when i started doing shows there i was just i just i had a show called Joan ray's meltdown mm-hmm. and then we uh it was a monthly show then we took it weekly with the meltdown with Joan and Kamel. When Emily took over the booking, and so um, yeah, and then uh, and then you know uh, it became a venue in itself called Nerd Melt when the Nerdist kind of took over mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it is it is like one of those things where people go, "Oh, you did the Nerd Melt show?" I go, "No, no, it was the Meltdown." Uh, you know, we right. were there. We were, right. you know, so uh, it's uh, it, a it. That's that's like me, Emily Carmel. It's, like it's like it's like it's an Ed Salazar to an extent as well. But it was, you know, we we were very protective of the show, mm-hmm. and and it was yeah, we doing it live every week for a few years, and then and then it Mike, became a
0: Comedy Central TV show. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mike Rosenstein from Ben Stiller's company was like, we should do a show with this, and we got Lance Bangs to you know direct it, and all of our friends to you know like work on it and edit it, you know. So it was, and it was
0: fun because at the beginning it was you and Carmel doing crowd work. And then also yes. lots of shots in the green room.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We just kind of um, the idea of it, the way I was pitching it was uh, it's a uh, we didn't take a comedy show to TV. We brought TV to a comedy mm-hmm. show. And the idea of that, it's uh, less of a, um, a showcase of comedy and more of a documentary of the night of a show. So, you know, we, we showed people just goofing off backstage and we showed people just hanging out we showed, you know, Dave clock who did all our posters and artwork and our set design and stuff like that. We just saw him, you know, drunk in the back room, like feeding a dog pepperoni with his mouth, you know, just, it's (laughs) like just the stuff that would happen on a normal night.
0: Right. Right. Do you miss it?
2: Yes, I do quite a bit. It's, um, because it was our, it was like a uh, a little you know l- l- linchpin in our whole scene, our whole friend it's scene, show. yeah, mm-hmm. social scene, and um, you know we all knew that we could kind of do a- our own thing throughout the week, but we know we we knew we'd s- we'd see everybody on Wednesday, and uh, and then after the show we'd all go to you know our the bar we went to afterwards and like we'd all you know it was just like you can count on that mm-hmm. it's like it's like oh it's Wednesday hey let's go to the show let's you know let's do the thing so after that it just kind of became this thing we're like oh I, I feel like I'm like we've all like just purposely destroyed a social circle for ourselves and <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had and, to make points to like hang out
0: and Tony that's where you met Jonah
2: I don't know I don't remember if we actually met there
1: maybe it was it's, not there but around but
2: that's around where we got that to it, know each yeah, other
1: because i would go pretty much every week mm, yeah and so we we started hanging out more and yeah just so many friends from yeah. there and yeah same same exact same thing i feel like i would count on seeing those people loved it and now i just i don't see anybody nearly as much yeah it, it Does I miss it? Yeah, I still get because now the store is even gone, and so if I drive down Sunset, makes me sad when I drive past there, and the store is even gone now.
2: Yeah, it's a it's and it's of a time and place, and I I also kind of like that a lot Mm -hmm. of it. You know, I always like the idea of stopping something and making it a succinct uh, idea. You know, more like so bookending, yeah, bookending like something you can finish up, bind, and then put on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And then you can go that, and that's literally, I actually have like uh, one of the gifts that uh, Mike Rosenstein made for uh, people involved in the, sh- the show was like he did scre- uh like you know, prints of every poster design that Dave Clock ever made and then put it into a hardcover book. Oh, with that's a so hand cool. printed um, cover. And then so we all have that now, and then we kind of all signed it like a yearbook mm-hmm. at the end. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, there's a, it's a, you know, Wayne Fetterman has been doing this podcast where he kind of like just talks about certain scenes and he did one on the Meltdown show. Um, and it like, uh, yeah, it's like Deanna and I cried while listening to it. I, I teared up a little bit myself. Yeah, I Emily was it crying. Too, yeah. It's like, you know, everyone kind of started texting to, oh, did you listen to it? Did you hear it? You know, because it was very, very, very special. It was, you know, it was, you know, crazy. how long did it go on? Six years. Wow. Yeah. And I was doing the monthly show for maybe about a year and a half before mm-hmm. that. Um, Yeah, it was it was great. It really was like it's that time where you know it it was that that was my like I think the highlight of my comedy life will be that thing. Mm. And to you know I was you know in my twenties like doing a show with my friends like it just everything was just kind of like I was like this is this is the thing. These are the moments that you kind of look back on and go wow like it didn't get better than that right. And then you compare it to all the boring parts of your life after that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that because I do. I do think about that. I think about like all the different sort of incarnations of my career, and you know, I I, I feel really grateful and fortunate for everything. But there are certain things that just sort of like shine brighter. Yes. Certain phases. Yeah. So where are you now in in the in the phases of your career?
2: Geez, yeah. You know, like honestly, I feel like I'm in a real weird middle area mm-hmm. where I, you know essentially accomplished a lot of the stuff that I always set out to want to do with uh comedy or, you know, I had a, a stand-up show on comedy central. That was exactly how I would have wanted one. Um, I did a, you know, a parody show that was also a sketch show Hidden America, um, America um, and got, you know, a ton of like, friends to work on mm-hmm. it and got to work with you know and like I was obsessed with Anthony Bourdain and getting to work with him like he came on the show you know just like Tony was on the show did music for the show you know it was like
0: a, a no I don't think I knew that oh
1: yeah there's the some uh, episode.
2: Jonah made me wear some
1: uh, <laughs> quite the outfits
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the most modest outfits didn't even make it into the cut too the Beach Boys <laughs> ones uh, <laughs> it was just like yeah. these Freddie Mercury outfits <laughs> oh yeah I had to
1: wear a like white Freddie Mercury onesie I shaved my beard yeah, yeah.
0: Your beard? Wow. I hope you were well compensated. (laughs) I don't think
1: he was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: um, but it's a fun bit it was fun yeah,
0: yeah.
1: i i i yeah because i initially he just asked me to do some like sound alike songs and i did and then he liked them and i was like all right we want to work this into the bit now and then it turned into uh, me having to wear these outfits
2: yeah. <laughs> that's oh
0: what, you know, i gotta that, go watch is this <laughs> still available
2: the, yeah it's on vrv um they're all free you just have to give them your email you don't have to sign up or put <clears> a credit <throat> card you can just go get them for free i'm trying i'm put, piecing together bits for a, a, a blu-ray dvd event. oh cool oh, nice. uh yeah which would be really fun but um yeah, the, it was like it's. Uh, I think uh, Ryan Perez uh, wrote this bit because it was the Cleveland episode, and it was like uh It's like we. Ha- it's like it's like we're going. It starts off. It's like we have full access to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's just it's just like right when I walk in, it's like it's like a montage, and then the voiceover comes on, going, "It's like uh, after completing this segment of the show, we realized we couldn't clear any of <laughs> the actual music or images, so it's just me walking around all blurs. It's just bl- <laughs> everything around me is blurred. And I'm like pointing to things, and like you know, and then. Uh, like t- and, like but like the segment still goes on, so it 's like it 's like it 's it's like you know like you can see the outfit of Freddie Mercury from Queen, and then like you just start to hear this like bad queen sound alike song that Tony did, but then we start showing pictures of like Tony and you 're like, <laughs> like it 's like as dressed up as Freddie Mercury, but then the more like we, the more songs we show uh like and, and you hear it 's like you realize it 's like this guy has like a sh- shitty website like like was it like I, like, I think this, it was just Tony's sound Tony sound <laughs> And then like, but like you, the, the beach boys sounded like one you did. It was like, we even called it back later on with a bit with me and Kurt Brunel or surfing in Lake Mm -hmm. Erie in, in December, (laughs) which was terrible, terrible idea. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, it was like, grab your boogie board. It's like when you grab your boogie board and you go for a <laughs> swim, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's you sent me all those lyrics you know? and yeah. <laughs> it was like, make this sound like a beach boy song. Yeah. So I did what I could.
0: Didn't you do, did you do a beastie boys sounding like a beach boy song? Yeah.
1: The, uh, yeah. the beachy boys. The beachy boys. Yes. I yeah. love yes. that. And then, yeah, Jonah was in the video for that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Daniel and I watched that and laughed. I think that was before. I, no, I guess I, I had met you before. We like Tony. kind of, I think right. I come, came you and filled the in show once and yeah. Then, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, so, you know, getting to do in America, like, and like, just getting to do bits like that, like right. taking something so dumb and like just trying to make it seem so realistic and fun. Uh, but then also getting to do Mr. Science Theater, which is, because
0: mm-hmm. you were a huge fan. Yes. I was a
2: huge fan growing up, just, you know, dedicated to it. Right. And hard. you had
0: met Joel on an episode of Nerdist, yeah, right? Yeah. And then he contacted you. Well, it's
2: like I met him at Nerdist and it was just kind of like, whatever, you know, and then I ran into him at a Wayne White screening, like uh, Wayne White, the artist, uh, did a uh, screening at CineFamily of uh, his documentary "Beauty Is Embarrassing," which is a great documentary. I mm-hmm. recommend to anybody that's like
0: beautiful because I'm in. Yeah, yes,
2: yes. <laughs> Be embarrassed, um, but it's like a, it's it's this amazing documentary about you know just uh, like a, an artist's life, um, and you know uh, I think we even talked about it. You and I talked about that that conversation at in India Sweets and Spices that time oh yeah yeah maybe so. yeah but um it's just like it's it's for any kind of person that lives an artistic lifestyle it's mm-hmm. a very great inspiring movie to watch um and so you know we ran to each other there and then the next night i swung by a, a harmontown and ran into him again and then and then they like he just started calling me we started keeping in touch i you know he's like oh what do you and i sent him you know the pilot episode for hidden america at the time and it just all kind of Everything all happened all at the mm-hmm. same time. That's what's crazy. It's like I had like this crazy run where I had you know, three seasons of Meltdown, two seasons of Hidden America, two seasons of um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, which you know was like mind-blowing. And it was all kind of happening at the same time. And then I you know, did the tours for Mystery Science Theater. And then uh, almost you know, uh, very symbolically, um, I got done with those and I was kind of creatively and just physically exhausted. And then my dad died suddenly. And so there was this kind of like, and that was two years ago. And it's, uh, it's kind of like this thing where I, I'm not saying to anyone that's, you know, not like, uh, if they don't care what I do or not a fan of what I it, do. It's like, I'm not saying I nailed uh, everything I did, but it's like, I felt so, um, proud of all the things I was able to pull off, um, in the way I wanted to do them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then to like, to like kind of just feel like I was like, wow, I really fucking did it. I did, I did it. Like that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that there was going to be this, um, this momentum or something like that that would happen I thought that's what happened in a career or, like you know, it
0: starts going and it keeps going it's like
2: you you, you you like work yourself to death just like self-starting all these different things and then you build them all from the ground up and then they get on TV and they get in the thing and you start to get interviewed and then some people see you and then they put you in something you know mm-hmm. uh, but that it didn't really happen that way and then I think when my dad died I kind of just had to start reassessing what I wanted to spend my energy on and, and I, I still think it's you know I've been directing music videos and kind of going back into stand up and um you know uh wrote a sitcom script for you know BBC because I wouldn't mind moving to london like you know mm-hmm. just like it's but there's all these kind of things where it's like I just feel like it's like i I finished all this stuff and then I had to like start over again so i wouldn't say i i'm doing one thing or the other right now mm-hmm. and it's a uh, and it's been nice because it's like it's weird like i've made the least amount of money i've have in a long long time this year but i've also done a whole lot of stuff that i like you know like music videos for my friends that i've directed with my friend like dave lyons and um uh producing it, and then like getting to do the weird out recording the weird out thing and then putting out that record through a a label that i grew up listening to you know and does
0: tony play on that
2: tony doesn't play on the record uh with the live shows yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and what label is it on
2: uh asian man records which is oh right that's
0: mike what's his name park yeah yes I know of him from years ago when I was a music journalist. I'm trying to remember what band your, I had you, interviewed. This is
2: your Greg Heller years.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I, I didn't know Greg Heller then, but I did. But we had like overlapping careers. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, he wrote for Bam, and I wrote for Mean Street, both uh, free newsprint pe- uh, periodicals that were carried in Rhino Records in Claremont. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I
2: just went there for the
0: first really? time. Yeah. I wonder how much it still smells the same. <laughs> Wait, there's still a Rhino Records?
2: Yeah. I thought they all closed down, or I guess it was just the one in L.A. Yeah. I didn't I, even know
0: there was one in L.A. You went to the one in Claremont? In
2: Claremont, yeah.
0: The Clarem- So I went to Pomona College. Um yeah. have, you, have you spent time in Claremont?
2: Uh, I, no, I don't think the, so. I mean, okay. I, think I went to a house show there once. It's
0: a so. very cute little town, and there's it's called... The Village, which is like there was their little downtown, I'm more of a Montclair fan. Okay, I'm not really. I also know Montclair though, they're right next to each other, yeah. And they're near mir- Claremont and Montclair. yes, I know it's it's so cute, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Claremont is not nearly as nice, but I think it does have the mall. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the village has they've added so much stuff to it. The last because my husband's brother went to Pomona, so I was there like within the last four years or whatever. It used to be just like very few streets there was some frozen yogurt there was a bank there was a drug store where you're like how is this drug store still open it's so ancient Mm -hmm. um i remember then at some point a starbucks moved in and everyone and everyone made these got these homemade shirts that said (laughs) starbucks because everyone was angry yeah and then the press which is a restaurant this is now a podcast about claremont jonah could you excuse yourself oh no no, i'll (laughs) I'll just listen and take notes
2: for the time i go west on the ten.
0: that's right (laughs) East on ten, <laughs> uh, And then a restaurant called The Press opened, which carried alcohol, which was a very new thing. And then, but the last time I was there, there's now a flappers comedy club there and wow. there's like all the, it's expanded so much.
1: That's that was crazy. my first time there, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: it used to be much more quaint. I mean, I think it's still quaint. But. Yeah.
2: It was, it was, it was okay. It wasn't yeah. uh, the worst place I've ever been. I mean, there's a lot of those, like, small, like, if you go east of Los Angeles, it's like every 15 miles, there's another cute little old yeah. town that looks mm-hmm. like it's from the 50s or 60s. Right. You know, you just go into, like, Altadena, and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah. Rose, Rosemont, and then, uh, like, what are, uh, Sierra Madre. It's right. Like, you know, they just keep, they're all over I guess over there them.
0: are a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we called it Clairville. That's how. That was our little clever joke. How clever
2: is that joke?
0: <laughs> <It's> so clever. <laughs> Not See, that they
1: clever. turned Mont to Ville.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, get oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: Claireville. All right. Was there a Claire's at the mall?
0: You know, I don't know. Oh. I do know there was an there was an athlete's foot, which I think is the worst name for a shoe store. Yeah. It's really awful.
2: Yeah, I know. Actually, you know what? I've known about athlete's foot for a long time.
0: The store, or the, the store, condition? and the
2: condition. Yeah, and never, never. Like it was like, yeah, that is a terrible name for someone. S-
0: disgusting. Yeah. Um, Jonah.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: the timing of when you finished the mystery science theater tours and your dad died, how um, soon after?
2: Maybe like, jeez, three weeks.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it really, yeah, to speak of bookending it really like. Or punk, it kind of punctuated yeah. that period. of yeah, time. yeah, it was really
2: just kind of like just. Wr, rah, rah. Yeah, what that happened? year. That year, I also got LASIK, which was also a oh. real, real mind fuck. Uh, How so? Because I, you know, I had like like thick frame glasses since like the fourth grade, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, came into my own as an entertainer with uh, having glasses yeah. and a whole look, um, and then getting rid of them. I was just like, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm disgusting looking, and I think uh, I might have just. Like, um, called a felicity, to, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, like, it's like, I was like, oh, does who am I now? Like, you know, mm, just the identity crisis, you know, I did have a complete identity crisis because you you know, when you have glasses at a young age, you kind of incorporate it into your. I thought glasses when I was a kid, that's what made you a nerd. I thought that's like the thing. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, well, I got glasses, I guess I'm a nerd now, but I wasn't smart, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just like, you know, start wearing collared shirts and you know, dressing like a 50s kid. Um, but it was, uh, I remember I did a pilot for Comedy Central years and years ago called Jonah's Arcade. It was uh, like mm-hmm. a clip show, but for video game culture. And uh, they wanted me to change my glasses, uh, wanted me to shave, uh, they wanted me to like not wear like a like a plaid colored shirt. And I remember like going like, then who am I? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> did I've you been... end up doing what they wanted? Yeah,
2: yeah. And it, and the and the show ended up being real terrible. So I'm glad it didn't go. But mm-hmm. uh, it was. Uh, uh, but like, it's like, yeah. So I like not having glasses was like another new thing for me. And I was feeling really weird about that. What? And then, and what? Go, so no, no, no. Go ahead. And, and then I also got a vasectomy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because um, my wife and I, you know, we, we decide if we do have kids, we're going to adopt. Um, and so just to make it so she can not take, you know, birth control and have right. those chemicals, you know, just coursing through her body. Uh, like I was like, you know, I'll, I'll get a vasectomy because it's an outpatient surgery. It's mm-hmm. so simple. Like, it's like sterilization for a guy is alarmingly more simple than right. uh, a, woman a woman trying to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I did that to kind of... So I can have someone to hold over her for the rest of my <laughs> marriage. But then... Um, did it hurt? Yeah. You know what they say? It's like, no, I was back at work the next day. But yeah, yeah you're hunched over with peas on your peas. you know? it's It was... The process itself was fine. There was one moment where it hurt. But like, man, when that, that <laughs> next day and you just... And it's just weeks after that. Like I remember, like I was like walking down some stairs and I like slipped off the last step, like and just like not like just, just fell down, bumps, but like yeah. just you know came down hard. And then just like that, that slow Ugh. pain just crawling up into your stomach. It was it was bad. I mm. you know it was real bad. And I might have made it seem worse than it was <laughs> in front of Deanna. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, and then also my dad dying. Uh, so there was like. <laughs> There was just like a it was like a lot of stuff all at once, and then for it to kind of just go, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I even like right after I was like I was like I'm done with comedy. I'm going to write a horror movie with Jerry Stahl. and so like I was like going up to his house in Mount Washington, and we were like making this whole weird body horror movie about dad issues, Mm. Um, and that was like that was my way of trying to, you know, process.
0: Process your dad's Process dad? my dad's stuff, yeah. But also your body the body. My, my, my bio biases too, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah just because it's like, you know, just wondering who I was. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I was also like getting bigger than I had in a long time. I was a, I was a big fat kid growing up and taller than everybody. And so it's like there was a lot of that stuff like to kind of like process and so yeah, that was uh that was a weird year.
0: What happened to that
2: movie? Um Ben Stiller's company, um Optioned it, or asked, like they said, we want to make it, and then then that was like a year and a half ago. So like it's like every once in a while they'll call and they're like, it's like we're still trying to figure it out. So you know, you never know. It's there though. It's 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 neat and it's gross and sad so, and scary. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's pretty scary. What's it about? Uh, essentially, a guy's dad has a stroke uh, and is kind of midway between alive and dead. Um, and uh, but what you come to realize, there was like some something inside uh it's not necessarily a stroke there's something inside the dad's body that's manifesting itself and um trying to get out uh because it's somehow killed the body uh Mm. and it's keeping it alive just by being in it so when the son comes to see the dad who's had issues with uh slowly uh the this thing inside his body starts to try and you know drift into the sun through like bodily contact and this you know there's a lot of like Cronenberg style mm-hmm. like you know flesh getting soft and reaching out of gooiness and stuff like that yeah there's a lot of kind of
0: I don't care for this at all <laughs> it does sound uh, psych- psychologically resonant though yeah 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 definitely Um, you had a com- conflicted relationship with your dad right
2: yeah you know what he was really supportive and he was really uh, fun and funny but he was like you know he was he was doing his best but it was you know it was he was you know, drank and did Coke and smoked pot and stuff like that. So it was kind of, you know, it was always kind of like, you know, hard to, he was, but he was always like down to have a good time. It's like, here's the thing. It's like when people say it's like, Oh, that was, that must've been hard. I was like, it wasn't because he always made sure he, I knew that he loved me, mm-hmm. which I think is huge for any kid, yeah. you know, cause to feel loved is really important for any human being. um, And so, uh, but it was just like one of those things where just like, you know, it's like he just kind of messed up a lot and he'd like, it's like, you know, so it's like, he just, uh, uh, was really erratic. And just, I think it's like, there was things he wanted to do that he didn't do, um, because he like focused on trying to make money Mm. more so than anything else. Uh, and so, yeah, there was like a bit of like, I think I was, I, I might've been like just kind of maybe a little harder on him than I should have been. So, yeah. So there was like, it was an odd relationship. Also, there was times where it's like, you know, I would like get him a hotel or a place to stay when he was out in LA. And then, uh, and then like he would complain about the hotel. i was just like, yeah, you fucking bitch. Like, it's just <laughs> like, like he it's, it's, and I asked my mom after he died, I was like, was he jealous of my success? She's like, yeah, yeah, he kind of was.
0: Did he have aspirations in entertainment?
2: I don't think so, but I, th- I know he liked the tension mm. and I think that's what he, uh, I think, you know, he wished he could have, you know, I, he was kind of playing in bands when he was in high school. He would, he was, he's, he's like, yeah, technically I played the bass, but essentially I played the truck, you know, cause he was the only guy that had a truck for right. a equipment and stuff like that. So
0: that's kind of a funny way to put it. Yeah. So he's a
2: funny guy. He's a very funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, when I did drunk history, I called him, uh, and, uh, it's like because you know he's still living in hawaii and the episode was about hawaii and i called him and like i was like hey dad's going like you know and like he's i was like hey uh what's your favorite thing about hawaii he was like the weather i was like what's your least favorite thing about hawaii he's like the weather <laughs> I, was like, I was like that's good good rhythm said it the same you know <laughs> had a little half a beat but How did uh he, die? he had a stroke uh him and my mom were about th- three weeks away from moving out to california because my um. brother had just had a kid and so uh yeah, so he uh he had a stroke in the night and then uh it was looking like the scariest part I think of all that was it was looking like he was going to live but not be there. Right. And I was just like, oh, my, this is the last thing I want my mom to deal with. Um like and,
0: like he would be on life support or just like mentally wouldn't just, be there. Just just
2: gone. Just like mentally not there. Right. Yeah. And just you know, cuz like when we got there he was like looking around but like you know, oh, didn't, you know, it was just vacant. It was really, really. I mean, that's what the whole horror movie yeah. stuff came off of. So, you know, that stuff was real uh, tricky. And I just kind of went into just uh, going like, it's like, all right, well, now it's now it's my mom's time. You know, just focusing on my mom and making her happy and stuff like that and making her comfortable.
0: So, so did he ever come back or was?
2: No, no. He just kind of slowly drifted away. There's <sighs> There's something to be said about like. It's not legal out there, but I don't doubt that there was some compassion, uh, compassionate killing. What's the what's the term? You Care. know, like the euthanasia. Yeah, a bit. Uh, I think there was. I think I think like you know because his doctor like you know. Like, I think I I have this theory because I also think they did to, uh, they helped it with my grandmother years and years and years before that with, uh, when she had cancer, I think they kind of mm. just put her down because you know, she was in pain. Right. So I I have a feeling that maybe the doctor did the same thing with my dad, which is great because he would have, you know, been devastated if people had to take care of him that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, and it's. I, I feel
0: like that's actually a big, um, a big thing to to say that you think that's what happened.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean it, it's a it's illegal uh, <laughs> to, for someone to have done that, so maybe I shouldn't. I mean, it's just, but it, for me, it's it makes it kind of a, uh, I don't know, maybe for me, it just makes it feel like interesting and magical in a weird way, like more in a, one more so, kind of like n- neat thing that happened to my dad. I just, <laughs> like the one part that was really tough about like it was like he. You know, he had all these like aspirations and he wanted so badly to have money to help like support like, you know, his family. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just messed it up. He messed up a lot of his opportunities and a lot of the stuff he was given um, throughout his, his life, you know, maybe through drugs or uh, drinking, uh, just being erratic. Uh, very fun. I mean, if I, I wouldn't have been into music or comedy if it wasn't for him, you know, it's like him, you know, they were very, very supportive with me, like playing the drums and, mm-hmm. you know, like getting a little editing machine to try and make videos when I was a kid. And so, you know, I think, uh, it's like he just had this thing where, uh, like he just, I like, that was my, I think the hardest thing when he died was like, I was like, I just want him to have like one more win, you know? But my friend Donald, who's dad, I was just at his dad's funeral, died very similarly. Um, last weekend, uh, I was doing like three shows, three cities in a row with Marin. And after Chicago, the next morning I flew to Cleveland, was a pallbearer at my friend's dad's funeral. And then flew to Detroit to go do a comedy set, mm. um, uh, and so but it was uh, so it's like all this stuff is kind of like fresh in my head, even though yeah. we didn't do a funeral for my dad. But uh, there was um, I can't remember where I was with that. Uh, I was talking about
0: you wanted one more win. You're talking to your friend Donald.
2: Oh yeah, he said he's like, well, like look at the year that he like this year you've you know you made. Mr. science you got on your show that he like he stole one of my mystery science theater shirts when i was a kid like you know because it fit him better he said right <laughs>
0: um
2: you know uh
0: was it too small for you
2: yes yeah yeah my dad <laughs> my dad was able to fit into the shirt better than i was um and so he uh like you know it's like he got to see me accomplish all the stuff like all my dreams even though there was a conversation when he was in town and he, i was like i was like oh yeah i got to uh, like I, I can meet up for lunch maybe a little later because I got like a right, I got to write on this thing. And I got to check out an edit for, you know, this thing. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, keep it up. Hopefully this works out. And I was like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> he wasn't doing it as a joke. He just, you know, doesn't know how, like, right. But like, you know, like my brother had a kid, my brother got married. Um, he got to see, I, you know, I bought a house. I, you know, wasn't a great Uh, marriage uh, and like I accomplished all these kind of things that I've been working for for a long time so my friend said if there's any point for a dad to go that's a kind of a Mm -hmm. that's kind of a nice point so maybe like you know in the end he did have kind of one more win but it's just uh, it's that feeling of like you know a stroke isn't so sudden where it's like you kind of you can feel yourself fading and that's the kind of the scary part I guess is that that moment of him just being worried about his family right yeah
0: so you flew to, you heard he had a stroke and you flew to Hawaii yes. and you saw him and he was already like mentally gone.
2: Yeah, he was already mentally gone. He would well, kind of open his eyes and look at my mom when she talked and they were saying like that's kind of like a muscle memory thing, mm. you know.
0: So what was that like seeing him? It was
2: it was tough. It was, you know, I wanted to um you know, he would do this if you put your hand in his hand, he would squeeze it. Um and in my head I was just like I was like, but he's going to do that anyway. It's just a it's a reflex, reflex. you know. And it helped, it was helping my brother, it was helping my mom. And for me, I was just kind of, it really just started, uh, breaking down the idea of, uh, soul and, you know, person and and stuff like that. So, you know, I was having a conversation with the, uh, the nurses and I was like, is he there? And they're like, yeah, he is. I was, I was like, Hey, just for, just for real quick, real quick. I don't believe in a soul. Now tell me, is he there? They're like, no, he's pretty much gone. (laughs) You know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like it's like, I think they have to kind of be, you know, weary of, uh, what, you know, if you consider it a vessel or whatnot, but, uh, you know,
0: when you said, is he there? Like what? The thing, what did the, you mean?
2: The electricity in his uh brain and his nervous system that, uh, those little neurons and things that fire off and make us who we are, uh, because of a random sequence of events and how all the things were laid out. Are those still working the same uh, with? Because we are our memories. So if he has no memories, then is that him? Is he there? Is like, he is my dad? Or there. is it just like you know, uh, a sack of flesh mm. that's you know breathing? Is it a plant? You know, a vegetable I guess they say. Um, and so, um, but I did you know? But I, I I did have a time where I was just there by myself and thanked him for everything. And, you know,
0: did it. F- feel how did that like if you i'm trying not to give you i'm not trying to feed you an answer but (laughs) i'm also trying to ask a question um if you felt that he wasn't there how did that feel to have that conversation with him
2: it felt like it was for me completely for me um it felt like something like uh i wanted to do you know, he 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 almost died like a few times when I was growing up. Like he had a blood clot in his leg that almost uh, took his leg and mm-hmm. almost like, killed him. And then when he was in the hospital for that, started going through withdrawals from booze and coke, which further complicated stuff. And then, you know, a couple of years later, he got like a staph infection from one of the things. And then like a couple of years after that, he got a uh, like he had a blood clot on his lungs. And it was like the size of like it was like twelve inches. It was like this crazy. Did long he thing. have
0: some kind of blood disorder? No, he just had
2: he was just unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of drugs, a lot of bad yeah. food. Um, you know Hawaii diet, it's not that uh healthy. <laughs> you And know, it's rice and fried stuff, and right. Meat. Uh, so, and then um, the craziest one was uh he, he got he was guess he always had these weird health ones He got like an ulcer on his colon once, and, like and so I wow. had to have a colostomy bag a bit when there always something, you know. Yeah. There was a time where like I remember the family was trying to get him to go to rehab, and like, it just there was always kind of something weird going on. Um, but, uh, the weirdest one was, I think I was living out here maybe a year or two in Los Angeles and then he got, uh, infected with a rare form of strep. That was a flesh eating virus. Oh, wow. And, um, it started eating away at his body at a, at a rate where like the doctor said they can kind of, they could see it. Could, where was it? It started on his belly. Mm and then it just kind of spread. So you know, took out one of his nipples. Uh, like it was going oh towards, was going towards his organs. If he wasn't like a, if he was a skinnier guy, his organs would have been gone. Jeez. But because he had so much like yeah. fat on him, um, and they
0: was, they couldn't get it under control, or they so
2: that they they had to put him down into like a a coma. They oh, to, wow. Like force a coma on to, uh like you know, induce a coma. Yeah, medically induce coma. Yeah, and then um, that would slow everything down until they could figure out how to like cut all around it and
0: wow yeah
2: yeah yeah so and that was like when i was like oh you might go and i so it's like I, he
0: dodged a number of bullets yeah
2: you know here's another you know really uh something i'm not too incredibly proud of but uh i i never visited him in and mm-hmm. in, in the hospital in any of these situations never wanted to go inside sometimes i'd be in the hospital but i would to go in the room mm-hmm. and just for some reason i had a, a huge aversion to them were you afraid up. yeah i don't want to see anybody in that situation yeah. you know um, I think that maybe it's like you know, I was afraid that they would be embarrassed for me seeing them. I don't, I don't really mm-hmm. know. Uh, but so that was like you know the first time I got to actually see my dad in a hospital uh, room, and it was uh, you know, and if I was like, oh, I all those other times I could have gone and I could have talked to him, and I, this time like you know I couldn't, mm-hmm. so I could only talk at him. And so I played him uh, "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles, which was his favorite Beatles song, and uh, said, you know, thanks for uh you know thanks for he gave like a lot of great advice of like uh he said eat drink and be merry uh support support the arts uh and uh like you know like uh help your friends out whenever you can uh and so those are like just like those are touchstones in my life that you know it's like i try to help my friends as much as i can i try to you know live a life where you can you know support people for being creative or be creative yourself and also just like go get drunk if that's your thing or like go like you know get jacked on caffeine and go joke around or go on a run with your friends like you know just do like just do shit you mm-hmm. know and then uh try to like because it's like the idea of and then that's a very Hawaiian thing too It's just like you know there's you're you're in Hawaii and it's like and just have fun yeah have a, have a good time you know so there was a lot of stuff that like there's a lot of inf- knowledge that like emotional knowledge I think because he wasn't a bright guy
0: mm-hmm. God that just sounds so was it traumatic what happened in the, in the room? No, it all felt
2: very, um, I don't think about the room much. I also think I'm out of, um, I had this fear, like I'm kind of like, it's it's like, you know, it was me and my dad, my brother, and my mom, um, my, you know, no, none of us are well off, uh, but like. I kind of, the scariest part was this feeling that it was all gonna, it was like I was gonna have to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Like I remember saying that like the night I found out about the show, I was like, this is gonna, and I don't know why, but I was like, I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna fall on me. Like it's like, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to like be the person in charge. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily, I like being in charge. I'm, you know, egotistical like any person and, you know, show business uh but like i was like i was like afraid of the uh i guess the uh responsibility of being like it's like you know i, I couldn't just be i couldn't be an emotional wreck about it mm. i couldn't like just kind of you know go and i kind of like i made sure everything was good and everything everybody was good but uh yeah there was a there was a large part of me where it's like you know i like i was just scared of like what it would mean for me
0: right and then did that come to fruition?
2: No, I mean, I helped my mom out a lot. Um, you know, she's, she's, uh, she actually had to go straight to living with her parents uh, in Chico. Um, and because her mom has uh, dementia. Mm. <laughs> so frying pan and yeah. fire. Uh, but she loves, like, she always, she's like, I love being of service. You know, she was, she's like, I've been doing it since I was a kid. You know, cause she's, she had a, uh, her parents had a kid when she was 10 years old. So she's like been raising people and, you know, right. Or like taking care of people her whole life. So I think she's just something that she's good at and she knows what to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a bit, you know, cause my brother doesn't make a lot of money. He asked for a lot of money. My dad would give it to him. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I had to stop giving my brother money. And, um, and now, but now he's good. Like I think everyone kind of just is like, all right, this is time to uh, get serious with stuff. And I, you know, I think um, there was, I don't know if like how, if I dealt with it completely for a while, I think I did, you know, when my dad probably did when his, you know, his brother died when he was younger, like uh, probably just like hung out and drank, you know, like it's a, uh, you know, my friend, Neil, my friend, Dave, like, you know, it's like, you know, we're, we're like DDC, you know, dead dad's club. That's mm. uh, and so it's, it's one of those things where I think, you know, we'd get together and drink and then, then talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it really is like the thing, the craziest thing, I think like the, the factor that I've noticed very similarly with other like dead dads, with, like guys like me, is that like, we were just kind of not worried if they were proud of us. Not worried if like we had made them proud or anything like that, but like like it's like I hope they felt okay mm. I think that's like that's kind of like it's like I hope they felt like they nailed it
0: in their own life
2: in their own life that's the thing that's more like was more important to me, like it was like that they felt like and that's the thing like like, like I was saying before like it's like i hope I, yeah, you know, I just want my dad to have one more win, right, you know, uh, so like a personal win, so that's the kind of part that's that's always the thing that kind of hits my head, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I just want to hug you. This is so sad. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be no, sad. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. I it's point. It's poignant. Yeah. How much... Well, wait. I,
2: I, did, I did come up with the one dead dad joke.
0: Oh, I'd like to hear it.
2: <laughs> um, it's a, I'll, I'll do it when, I, I, when, I like, when I'm doing stand-up. And I go, uh, I go, you know, I haven't really performed a lot since my dad died a couple of years ago. And I think it's because I don't know who to try and prove wrong anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay hold that thought <laughs> <laughs> the timing is perfect right now you guys I'm nailing the timing Allison Rosen's Unibest best friend is brought to you in part by Audible we were just talking about listening to audiobooks mm-hmm. before the show started mm-hmm. you were talking about Steve Martin's Born Standing Up that's right and you were saying that like pretty much anyone who does an autobiography you'll listen to it if they read it themselves Tina right? Fey
2: bossy pants Eric Idle's uh, Always Look on the Bright Side yeah. like these are great people telling their stories and, and you, were talking, you were talking
0: you were talking about because I was saying I've read Born Standing Up, but that's an interesting idea of like revisiting it to listen to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to go find some of my faves and mark Martin Short is
2: a good one to uh, and Martin to Short read. is
0: one of my favorites. It's
2: one of my favorites. Oh, that that page turn when like he says his wife died that's a brutal page turn mm-hmm. in the Martin Short one. I've been I wanting read it. to, yeah, a yeah, because I I've forgot been been that that to. happened, but anyway, you hear him like because he does all his bits, so you get to hear Jiminy Glick, right. you know,
0: it's amazing, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, I know people who I think they exclusively listen. That's how they consume their books. But when and, can you
2: do
1: such a thing?
0: I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I do. <laughs> Audible. <laughs> Audible. And you know what else? Uh, if you're a fan of me, which I hope at this point in our relationship, you are my book, tropical attire and courage and other phrases that scare me is available on audible. I read, I read it. So I, and and it has extra bonus stuff. That's not in the, the, uh, the print copy. Uh, so, uh, go check out that one and tons of other ones every month. Um, Excuse me. Audible members get more than ever before. Every month you can choose one audiobook, regardless of price, as well as two audible originals from a fresh selection. Members stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs. Sign up for free updates from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily. To the app. Uh, and you can start a 30 day trial and choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Start listening with a 30 day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash BFF or text BFF to five hundred five hundred. Again, visit audible.com slash BFF or text BFF to five hundred five hundred. While I have you here, Mm -hmm. I would like to also talk about FIGS for a moment. Speaking of medical settings, which we just were, uh, I think we can all agree nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in medicine and healthcare are pretty awesome, and all of us can think of a time when a medical professional helped us or a family member. FIGS is an amazing company that is making scrubs stylish and functional for the people who deserve it most. Here's the thing, though. Uh, It's not just... Yes. Yes. They make scrubs. They're stylish. They're super comfortable. Of course, it's going to interest medical professionals, but it's not just for medical professionals. It's like for anyone who wants that kind of comfortable, stylish scrubs type thing, but they also have other stuff. In fact, I have a hoodie from them, which is super comfortable, has a lot of pockets, super nice. And I was very tempted, as was Jackie Johnson, who was just on my show. They make a lab coat, and we both wanted to get the Figs lab coat. Mm. But I'm like, really? Am I really going to wear it? But (laughs) I still... I still lust after that lab coat. uh, Every set of figs is antimicrobial, protects from germs and bacteria, ridiculously soft, moisture-wicking, and... Features four-way stretch. Figs are made with yoga waistbands and come in a variety of styles from classic straight legs to joggers and skinny styles too. So whether you are one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say thanks to these deserving folks, Figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase by using my code BESTFRIEND. Get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com, W E A R F I G S.com, and enter my code friend at checkout. Again, wearfigs.com, code friend at checkout.
2: And if anyone from Figs is listening, uh, I want to pitch this. Um, ooh, I want fig scrubs. Figs scrubs are clothes that keep germs up. Of- no, I'll, I'll try it another time.
1: <laughs> I'll put some music behind that. It was you. so, yeah, so good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was so good, though. Um, Jonah. Earlier, you talked about the artistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't remember the exact sentence, but I wrote down artistic lifestyle in quotes because I wanted <laughs> to ask you, um, what, what does that mean to you? Like, What do you consider the artistic lifestyle? Um, oh, you know, I know. You were talking about Beauty is Embarrassing. Beauty is
2: Embarrassing by yeah. uh, the Wayne White documentary, which I believe is uh, available on Yeah, uh, And
0: you were saying Amazon it's for anyone who's living the artistic lifestyle, it's a good thing to watch. So what does that mean to you? I
2: think it's just, um, to me... The, the way I think about it is to um it's it's a, it's, a, it's almost an aversion to money um mm. it's it's i think in the long run of things um, feeling good about the stuff you're making um, will make you happier than uh doing stuff for money. I have this kind of mantra in my life uh the i say make stuff not money mm. uh the idea is if you make stuff you're going to be satisfied uh and if, and hopefully that'll lead to money uh maybe to, so you don't die um but it's uh if it, it's like if you try to make money you know it's it's mm-hmm. this, this idea of just trying to just be be creative and know that like um, money doesn't equal success, mm-hmm. uh, happiness does, and so it's something that I try to keep in my head. So the artist lifestyle for me is, um, you know, living small. Like it's uh, essentially uh, to uh, you know quote the Minutemen, you know, uh, Jam Akano, you know, just uh, just live small so you can um, do and pursue the the things you want to pursue.
0: And have you always adhered to that?
2: No, I've, uh, I've sold myself out here and there and I, I've always been upset about it. I always get really, uh, not mad at myself, but, and I, you know, I, I know at all times we need to do stuff for money and I've done it for sure. Um, and it's, it's totally something that is, is great to do if you can, if you can do something that makes you money and that money makes you happy. But there's been times in my life where I've done stuff solely because it, I was like, well, it's going to give me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. and uh it made me miserable working on certain shows writing on certain
0: shows are you comfortable saying what any of them yeah and it's these these are great people that work on
2: these shows but like when i was on the soup i thought it was great i thought it was gonna be like it's like finally a show that people have heard of um and you got kp anderson you got joel McHale, who's such a great guy and you know like just a ton of staff across the board everyone was amazing on that show but it was uh had nothing to do with what i wanted to do in my life Mm -hmm. um I would, you know, write these sketches and we'd do these things and um and I was making more money than I ever had before but I was miserable cuz like I didn't care about the content, mm-hmm. I didn't care about what we were doing there. It all seemed so disposable. Um and not to say that like most comedy isn't. Uh but this is, you know, I remember like compiling a bunch of sketches and I remember like, "Oh yeah, there I remember this sketch. This one did really well." And I read and I was like, "What is this even about?" <laughs> And then since I showed it to Paul banana He's like, oh, there was – remember there was a guy in the background of that reality show that we all just – there was that clip of him saying something weird. And then we made this sketch about that guy if he had his own reality show. I was like, yeah, what was that show called? Like we had no idea. The show wasn't even on anymore. <laughs> right. And it just – this thing that was in my hands physically just disappeared and went away and it was nothing. I had made nothing. Um, and I, I just uh, – that was – I got to such a point there when I was so, I was so depressed uh, that I would um, uh, I would just try to just make it even worse for myself. Like I would like how? I would watch nine eleven footage <laughs> on YouTube. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah, it's like it's a real <laughs> it's emotional cutting.
2: Yeah, it's emotional cutting exactly. Uh, uh, now all I have to do is like you know read YouTube comments about uh, videos I'm in. Uh, <laughs> but back then, you know, we had things that had to be alone. There. Um but yeah, I would just. I would almost want to make myself feel worse, you know, somehow or maybe I was trying to make myself like go like, "Well, it's not that bad." Uh, but so there's been times in my life where I've done stuff specifically for money and I, I don't walk away feeling any better. And then, you know, when I have money that I uh, don't respect, you know, and I, I, like it's like I find myself um, buying stuff, you know, retail therapy. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm making this money and I'm so I'm not really even like making that money I'm spending it. it. I'm yeah. not saving it. I, you know, I just, you know, buying records or buying clothes and just, you know, all this stuff, just stuff that fills up my life and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was a that's like a, a big part of just kind of you know Deanna and I just paring down as much as we can just so um it's like if we go like what if we just like went on a trip or what if we just did this like you know um having giving ourselves the lifestyle and that I think it's like some people think that's like a rich person's lifestyle but it could also be like you know someone who lives small mm-hmm. like our friends uh Dave Clock and Alexis like you know they don't make a ton of money but like they um you know they got a credit card. And with like a like a like I think it was like twenty five hundred dollar limit, and they went on an entire trip for uh, six days to Japan. Wow! And then they paid it off like within a year. Like it's like because they live small and Mm -hmm. they're not they're not like it's like I'm I'm going to go to the nicest hotel. I'm going to eat the best food. You know, Greg Heller. Uh, like that's like what he did when he went to Japan, and like I think he's still paying it off kind of thing. You know? Yeah. But um, it's
0: funny. I thought of him when you were describing this because I think that he's like always makes a big point about like he doesn't he cares about travel not not money
2: yeah 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 exactly and so um i think there's just the idea of like living small is is important to me mm-hmm. yeah and because if i live small then i can then i could be like a like a you know a, a diva when it when it comes to the what i want to create and how i want to create and how i want to make stuff because mm-hmm. if i'm not going like you know oh man i got i got this payment oh my god this i how am i going to get this new iphone you know, it's like <laughs> right. it's like I better get a job, and then I'm gonna, I because I I found myself in a I, I was uh, working on a in the E uh, entertainment world, like or it's like I was like working on G four stuff, which is kind of neat sketches, and then like mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you kind of good at producing stuff, and then I was like, yeah, can you produce this specials like a countdown thing, and then like you did good, I could do this, and then like all of a sudden it was like I was making more money than I ever had before, had more records than I could count, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, but like I was in an edit bay. uh, editing the stuff I was producing for E's most insane celebrity oops Mm. (laughs) and I remember like it was like (laughs) someone talking about it was like like, number 47 uh, uh, Tiger Woods is uh, you know fulandering and it's just like I'm like all right, there's that uh, clip we have of uh, Corey Feldman talking about like how it's like a porn, like the pizza guy. Uh, so let's um, do a ding dong sound, and then we'll do a spring sound when we go down to Tiger Woods's <laughs> crotch in this picture, and then um, we'll do a pizza wipe to Feldman uh, so we can get him saying this thing. And that became that that became a thing that I always go and say. I go, it's like I just don't want to do any more pizza wipes to Feldman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Um. Were you, <laughs> it is funny though.
2: This is a good time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it disappointing when you realized how much you hated that,
2: that kind of work? Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, Cause that was stuff that people had actually heard of, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I was real bummed that like, I, I couldn't just want that and be okay with that. Which is you know, and and it's also the guilt of just like like people would love to have this job. Mm-hmm. I'm so lucky to have this job, and I I did have gratitude for the work, but um the big part of it was it was like it wasn't what I wanted to do.
0: Right, and at that time, what is what you wanted to do?
2: Well, I just wanted to you know make the things. I want to be free, free
0: to do what I want. You know? <laughs>
2: um, essentially, like like all I've ever wanted to do was make stuff. Uh, I wanna, I wanna make you know. I like like stand up. I want like I want to make TV shows. I want to make movies. I want to I want to act in things. I want to direct things. I want you know I want to I want to be Mel Brooks. I want to be Albert Brooks. I want you know I want to just make stuff. That's all I want to do. I want to make stuff that's mine or be involved and help people make stuff that I think is really cool. That's and getting to a point in a career where you have you know, more power or uh, control over the things. It's like, it's like in the, the, that's the kind of the more exciting part because then you can help your friends. Mm-hmm. You can find ways to help people that, and tell their stories and um, or like do their projects and stuff like that. And that's, that's like kind of a big driving point for me. It's like, it's like, I'd love to, you know, the, the narcissism, me wants to make the stuff that I want to make. Of course, you know, like I want to make the movie about the, you know, fat haoli kid in Hawaii in a punk band. But like, mm-hmm. it's like, if that does well, makes money. Like, Oh, what if I, you know, like with that clout, I can help someone else make their story or this thing or that Mm -hmm. thing, you know? So that's kind of the, that's the dream is just to, to help to pay it forward and back into the community, the artist community of like, you know, uh, people around me and my friends and people that I admire.
0: So you had mentioned that you, you previously thought that the way a career works is like, you just have this momentum and then it just keeps going. Yeah. And for you, it kind of, that was not your experience of it. um, can you say more about what you thought it was going to be? Like, did you think that one thing just kept leading to another thing? Yeah,
2: I kind of did, and you, you see it sometimes. You see it happen, and and, the, and
0: that you wouldn't have to try anymore. You know,
2: it wasn't try. It was just um, it wasn't going to be. You know. I, I would, I, you know, I would pass the boulder off to another Sisyphus and mm. then I'd, I'd go over the hill and I'd, you know, go into the valley of, you know, you know, success. Pe- success, yeah. Um, and because I saw <laughs> it. A- oh, yeah. To
0: the Sisyphus on your heels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Like it's like, you know, I remember this is so weird. One time I was like having trouble just trying to like think about what I wanted to write. Like I was, you know, I was like, I'm supposed to write this script. Thing uh, for BBC and I was just like I was like oh I go I can't why can't I concentrate I can't get anything done I can't like you know I was like what am I doing Seems like how hard I try nothing ever going to work out that well anyway I go on a drive and then I kind of get lost in like these like weird Arroyo Seco hills of mm. Pasadena and then I go up this <laughs> I turn down the street and goes into a dead end and there's these gates like very like like iron gates in front of like a huge house and there's a plaque Mm. on the brick side of the gate and it's a plaque and it says sisyphus house (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
2: god damn that's a good world right there (laughs) um but uh yeah i thought you know because i saw it a bunch with a lot of people over the years when i first started you know the, the scene i was in was you know like i remember uh bj novak showing up and like He was hilarious, and it's like, and the thing is, all these people work really hard. It's Mm -hmm. not just like they don't just do the thing and then they get stuff given to them. It's but like you know, he Mm -hmm. got like, you know, he he got punked, and then uh, because he and then like it's like and then punked. Forgot
0: he was on that. He was
2: on season two of Punked, and then and then like the office stuff started. It's just and then it's just kind of right this stuff. And maybe for them it didn't feel that way. I mean, but that's like a thing that gets in my head sometimes. I just you know I just kind of. 'Cause I also saw like what like, you know, back during when that was going I saw I started seeing it really happen with Kumel where people saw Kumel in something and they liked him. And K- Kumel was a brilliant genius and mm-hmm. a, an amazing performer, one of the funniest guys I know. And and becoming just an incredible actor. Um but like it's one of those things where I thought really like I was like I saw people you know, I was like, Well, I'm in stuff that people like. I and I'm into these things, you know, right. that, so someone's gonna go
0: like It's gonna happen. Hey, like, it's like do you want
2: to play? Do you want to do this, you know, small thing in this movie or this, you know, show? Do you want to play the, you know, the guy that the counter that you know? Just uh, I, I thought that's what would mm-hmm. happen. And because it was, you know, I did all these things that were all self started, you know, like not Mr. Sensier essentially, but like, you know, like a lot of the work I put into make, making the show come right. back and stuff like that. And then, of course, Hit America, which was mine, and then, you know, Meltdown, which is mine. Uh, along with uh, other people not to but like uh it's one of those things like where you know there was before i did all this my manager's agent was like you just gotta like make your own stuff and then we can do something with that Mm -hmm. so maybe it was almost implanted in my head because like i do like you know five seasons worth of all these shows and i go did it again i did all that stuff you asked me to and they're (laughs) like so what's next then what are you going to do now (laughs) and i was like i thought i don't know you just give me some jobs, <laughs> don't you have other clients that need someone to go, "Hey, you can't get in there without a pass, you know, or something like that say <laughs> like, where are those parts I like, you know those parts keep your health insurance going right <laughs> um that's what you yeah, know it's and it's it's hard to talk about the stuff without sounding um like I don't appreciate like everything I've accomplished
0: I don't think you sound yeah. Uh, like you don't know. I get. I get where you're coming. from. Yeah.
2: When you're climbing up a ladder, you're just only seeing. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're looking up because that's your the direction you're headed, and you're only looking at the people that are like jumping up ahead of you real quick. Right. It's it, rare for you to look down. They mm-hmm. tell you never look down, and when you mm-hmm. look down, is when you see some people that you maybe started with that are still, you know, haven't accomplished as much as you. You know, I'm in an acting class right now, and like, I, I, you know, we did this thing where we had to like, you know, it's like, it's like. Be your inner critic. Like you know, you had to act oh. like your inner critic. It was like a, a like this exercise, and people are revealing all these. You know, and I almost laughed because someone's like, some guy was like, it's like you know, the inner critic is saying, you know, it's like you know, it's like give up, you're not doing it, you've been here for three years already. I was like, you fucking asshole! <laughs> 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 like three years, you got so much time, <laughs> you had so much time. But like uh, then, I like I went, and then I you know stuff started pouring out. It was just like, you know, it's like it was. Uh, it's a process to be appreciative of the stuff you have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That sounds uh, like such an emotionally uh, naked exercise.
2: Yeah. And I, I, you know, it was really crazy. And like, you know, it's like, she's like, you know, here's your critic. Now give us your depression, uh, your, your depressive version of yourself. Give us the, you know, optimist version of yourself. Give Mm. you give us the, the imp, the, you know,
0: what's the point of this exercise?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to humiliate you, I think it's a, you know... There's, to break I, you down. <laughs> I think that's a lot of acting classes is just a, it's like it's like, you can't, you know, like when you go to an improv class or you're doing a, a clown thing, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like everyone's going... That's blah,
0: why I, could, yeah. I, I, I went to, um, oh my God, a UCB in New yeah. York and I took improv, but I like could not get past the like, I don't want to pass an imaginary balloon.
2: Yeah. it's And that's the I thing. it's trouble uh, with it. It's almost, it's like a... It's like a weird trick of just like how far are you willing to go to where you don't care about how you come off. Come off, off yeah. yeah, and that's uh, very important. It turns mm-hmm. out in entertain, in, like in acting <laughs> or, you or know, performing in any way, it's a uh, you can't have any fear, right? You know, so like that's that's and it's something that I'm. We're gonna. I've like put myself into such a comfort zone with performing, mm-hmm. so doing this class is hopefully gonna. You know.
0: Yeah. What made you decide to do this class?
2: deanna has been going for a while, and it's a. You know, she's been going for a while, and she's got uh, Kumel to go into this lady as well. And Kumel's like I was saying before, his like his chops have just exponentially. I'm not sure if you watched his um, Twilight Zone episode, Mm-mm. but. Like, geez, it was like one of those things where I was like, like, usually when I'm watching, like, he's my butt. And like, and I'm just like, I was like, oh, Kamel's doing Kamel and this thing. I was watching that. I was like, like, holy shit. Like, you know, I called him. I was just like, I was like, this, this is good, man. And he was like, yeah, I worked with, uh, I worked with Myra for, you know, like every day she was, you know, he worked with this coach like every day for two weeks leading wow. up to the shoot of this. And it showed like, you know, that's the thing about Kumel, is like he, he puts in the work and mm-hmm. it, and it, and it shows, you know, and it works out. so that's the kind of thing I was just kind of like. And he's been trying to get me to go for a while and Deanna's been trying to get me to go for a while. But it's like one of those things where it's like you, know, you get a scene and it's like a bunch of lines and you're like, well, I'm never going to play a cop, even though like I was putting together my acting really the other day. I was like, I've literally played like four cops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do more acting?
2: Yeah, I like it. I want to do it. That's the thing. I want to do it. I want to do it all. And it's like, I, I, I think it's all part of the same. You know, mm-hmm. I like all the, I like being able to do all kinds of different things. Um, uh, but I do. I do like acting a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a, it's a good, I, I, you know, I think it's a little bit of like, I don't like myself too much. So it's a good little vacation. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's just, it's just fun. I don't know. I, you know, I'm halfway decent at it and hopefully I can get better. Um, I just want to, you know, yeah, I want to do that. And I also want to direct stuff. And I also want to, you know, it's like, I, that's what's, I remember that happening when I first started doing comedy where it's like, I started writing. I was, I was, you know, like r- trying to write sketches, and I remember some comic was like, "What do you want to be a writer?" I was like, What not it? Aren't we, Isn't that kind of part of the same?" And then I started going to auditions, like, "Oh, you want to be an actor?" And I was like, "Yeah, isn't that? Isn't this all kind of connected? You know, mm. isn't this all different facets of expression um, coming from, you know, from me? You know, like be it the music or the dumb shirt." Uh, like idea or the the drawing I made. Like I don't, you know, it's a the idea for you know people to have to compartmentalize um other people. It's like, well, you're this, you're a mm. podcaster, mm-hmm. but you're so much more than that.
0: I am, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: With wanting to do more acting, though, because you because you like doing so many different things. Uh, even if you started doing more acting, do you think? I guess this would maybe fall into like the writing thing you're talking about. Like, do you think you would like if you were actually on like a a regular on a show, or do you think that would be too like uh, constricting or something in a way? Because you like the golden
2: handcuffs thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think about that sometimes. Um, Will I get bored? Yeah, you know. Because I think
1: you and I are similar in the way we we just like doing a lot of different things.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's um that's a thing that uh. I'm trying to figure out if that's like, uh, do I get bored because it's not, you know, cause I don't like it or is it, do I get bored because it's just not new, mm. you know, which is, uh, but I'd love the opportunity to find out. Yeah. You know? Right. It's a, uh, it's, it's an odd thing sometimes where it's like, you know, you get agents and managers sending out for these auditions and I'm not like a leading man. I've been the lead in things but not like a, but I'm not a leading man. So it's like I get these auditions like hey, it's uh you you would play like a husband and a father of 3 in this network sitcom. I was like, I'm not going out for that. What about like the guy's weirdo friend at work? <laughs> what about that guy? Do you
0: like, actually decline?
2: Sometimes. Yeah, I declined one recently where I was mm-hmm. just like I was like I don't want to waste my time. But that could just be How do they feel about
0: that when you say that? They don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I bet they don't. It
2: It, it might be self-sabotaging. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see in the long run, right? (laughs) 37. Uh, I got more time.
0: You're only 37? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. not just not su- <laughs> suggest, <laughs> you suggest- no, 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 no. Yeah yeah that's not what I meant by that.
2: You know, it's I have a, I have a beer right now cuz I'm growing it out for mine and Deanna's uh, Halloween outfits this year. Um but it's like I used to always like grow out a beer cuz I was like I was like oh, it makes me look a little thinner and, like now it's like the complete opposite. I have the the beers growing out I, I was like I look so fat. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous.
0: I don't think you look fat at all.
2: But compare you didn't you watch when the beer's gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm just, I'm a weirdo. With you that, look very though.
0: spelt. Thank you. Uh, but, and I just I just want to clarify yes. with the, you're only 37 has nothing to do with how you look. You actually, that makes sense. It has to do <laughs> with how much you've accomplished and thinking that you and I were about the same age Oh, uh, and I'm older. So are you? I'm 44. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, I'm fucking old. You don't seem 44 at all. And then Tony, thank you. Tony is older than I always think too. And
2: mm-hmm. just turned 40. Forty-one. Oh shoot! Yeah, Hmm. gross. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's a real
0: elder statesman.
2: (laughs) You know what's the worst part about uh, uh, Tony is that? uh, (laughs) um,
0: Where do I begin? (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: But like, it's like when he like posts about like uh, his anniversary. That makes me go, oh, that's right. This is right around when my dad died. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah. Jonah was invited to the wedding, but
0: oh,
1: that was you know like I don't know if you had. I feel like a lot of people have this experience of. You know, we, day of or a few days before the wedding, you start getting some messages of like, I know I said I was coming, but something happened. and We got a few of those, but Jonah's was, was like,
2: nothing I can say to that. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, uh, yeah. yeah. I remember you, you were very, you were very appreci- you're very appreciate like, you like, you're very kind about it. Oh, but but I also, mean, what, don't we, I know, but I also like know the stress that you have, like gearing up for the thing, you know, because yeah. it was but like I, days before it was like two days before. Yeah.
1: But I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a, a big, big one. Yeah, yeah, it
2: is. Um, That's funny. I
0: did not say it at the... That's such a bad time. Do you think... Do you... Because from where I'm sitting, I'm thinking, you know, it kind of makes sense in a cosmic way that your career would take a little bit of a pause when this humongously upsetting thing that requires a lot of processing, Mm -hmm. your dad dying, when that happened... Um, and yes, there are people who work through, who like, oh, you know, I got to grieve for a day and then I had to go be on this show or whatever. Like you hear that yeah. story, but at the same time, I feel like that must be so fucking hard. And are you really able to do as good a job as you would if you were like all there emotionally? Do you, what do you think about what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I can't, I can't find the question. So just react, please. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: no, no, I, um, yeah, there, there are definitely, uh, It's something like, you know, I was really hoping for like a welcome distraction and I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity Mm -hmm. and I did sit in it and I did drink through it at points. Um, and it it is, yeah, it is something where it's like, uh, you start looking for like, you're like, you you know, you start to kind of go cosmically, you kind of go, wow, you know, it's really shitty, but, um, (laughs) probably means something real big is on the way. (laughs) It's a terrible thing (laughs) to think as a person who believes that, you know, life is chaos. And, and so like, uh, but it's like, it's hard. It's, you know, as a kid, I was raised Catholic. It's like, you kind of get swept up into this, like, well, everything happens for a reason. Like, I remember like, um, the day, you know, a few months back like you know me and deanna finally had to put down our dog
0: oh i'm sorry
2: uh thanks yeah it was and it was really tough and it was like a hard decision for me because i never had to be a part of that decision Mm -hmm. it was like this animals dying was always out of my control like in my life until this moment uh and so it was really tough to like be like okay let's kill our dog you know it's yeah but it was it was for the best for sure but um but like you know a few days before that i had audition for this thing where i was like playing i would be playing like uh like the funny drummer in a band in a movie Mm -hmm. like that like an indie band drummer like and i was just like i was like i got this (laughs) it's you it's like it's like partially improvised movie i kind of know some of the people involved like it's like i'm kind of in the world i look like a guy that's in bands but i'm also funny and i actually can play the drums and then like uh like when we put our dog down like the next day was when i was supposed to hear and i was like i'll and i was like in my head i was like we'll probably get it so the universe says uh mm-hmm. it's gonna be okay. The sorry you had to put down your dog. And then like I didn't get it and I was just like, I was like, ah oh, man, yeah, that's right. Chaos. That's uh so there's there, I can't remember what your original question was, but
0: it was just uh what do you think about what I said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh I'm cl- I'm glad you're Thank you for admitting to those kind of brain things because I think I do – I have that sort of on balance thing happening in the background all the time too. Yeah. That sort of – even though I don't really believe in anything, but there's this superstitious like it'll probably go this way because of this. Yeah. Even though I don't believe that and yet I'm always trying to figure out which way it's going to go because of this and that. And, and that that's,
2: that can be dangerous. Um in in all honesty, like, you know, there's a feeling right now, uh, like where and the, and it's and before I say this stuff, like I just say I I think it's an incredible thing and it's a good thing for uh for art and entertainment that it's like this. But there's a lot of stuff where I kinda go, Yeah, it's like I like I'm like a straight white cis male. Like it's like I'm not really like I shouldn't be getting these jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this these should be going to people who can tell different stories. My, you know, I of course feel my story is very specific. Cause it's like, I'm like a white guy that grew up in Hawaii, but my family's Brown, you know, it's a, uh, it, but it's, um, but uh, it's like on the surface, like, you know, I'm just, I'm just another like white dude comic from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, it is like, it is a point right now where I, it, and it, it that, and it, it's, it's okay to admit it that it's like, I was like, it is happening, you know, people, it is a less desirable person to, um, higher in these situations. And that, like I said, it's a good thing. Um, but it is like one of those things where you kind of go, well, but not me though. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm an ally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so, um, there are like, I know there are some people most likely that they like, it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, of course that's happening. They think it's happening to them mm-hmm. as opposed to something that's just happening. Um, and, but like I had like, like you know there's just those very and i'm and i'm talking from like the the most petty place in my head where i go you yeah, of course it happens right now <laughs> like you know which is a terrible thing but it, and it's but like just to what you're saying like admitting to yourself that you do have these thoughts mm-hmm. and but not like not feeling that festering in them but knowing that they are there and just don't push them down right but like don't like you know it's very like, human yeah yeah but it's just like I, you know, I, I think the more people kind of like push that stuff down, like the weirder it's going to come out.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. Let's take some questions that listeners sent in on Patreon. I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Alison Rosen is where you go for that.
2: When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering from our
0: fans. all right christopher says uh i'm really enjoying Scarborough network jonah radio is that where it is
2: yeah so we uh you know we st- when we started we were on the nerdist network just because mm-hmm. that's where we were um and then uh uh you know a couple years ago we we're like it's like let's just move it over to max fun uh and then um we were there for about a year when mm-hmm. the sklars were like hey we're making our own little you know little subsidiary network within you know starburns mm-hmm. And we really want, you know, because they've known Scar, Randy, and Jason have known me and Neil Mahoney and Cash Hartsel for so long um, that they were just like, "We want you guys on, be a part of this." And we're just like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump ship again." It's kind of like the you know Sex Pistols rock and roll swindle thing. (laughs) But like, they they kind of gave us a couple notes. They're like, "They're like, if you guys did these aspects of the show you already do and drink a little less, we think it'd be good." (laughs) And it's actually really helped the show. Like Tony, Tony has seen. Tony was there for like probably one of the worst drunkest ones <laughs> years ago where it was a disaster. Where we even invited people at the bar to come with us uh-huh. back to anyway, you were there. Yeah. Uh, um, and then uh but like then you were on recently. Yeah, it was much it's... it was much uh
0: much more compact. Yes, and, yes. And, yeah,
2: kept moving. Yeah, yeah. less combative. Yeah. <laughs> I think I only had one maybe maybe two beers, maybe at, two the, beers. at the yeah. most. Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Where do you record it now? Same
2: place? Uh no, we're in we're in South Pasadena, a little office space I have. Uh oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's on Mission Street near like there's a video store, there's a little Irish pub across the street. I love it. And the Michael Myers house, the Michael Myers house, and the Stroth house is over there too. Yeah, you know, the pumpkin outside. Uh,
0: yeah. uh So he says I'm really enjoying Scarborough Network General Radio, even if I sometimes miss the Shaggy Garage Hangout digressions. <laughs> uh, what went into t- What went into tightening up the show?
2: Oh, whoops. Uh, well. Yeah. Um, thanks for your comment that i answered
0: <laughs> well no but i feel like there's but there's more yeah, right no it's just like um we like were, what were their suggestions the uh, notes? They,
2: they kept they they said um they said uh what was the term they used um uh like something will set you free like uh just uh, having like a scheduling or not scheduling but like a format he's like mm-hmm. format will set you free and so there was parts that we because we would just meander and play music right. and stuff like that and then we started just kind of just you know, doing music news segments where it's like using them as a, like a way to jump off like a springboard. It's like, Oh, we'll right. just talk about this. Like, even though if we don't know what it is, it's like us talking about it, will kind of be funny. And then having a theme where we like reduce like soundtrack moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, Oh, what's the, like, we're so tired of um, don't stop believing during the seventh inning stretch at a baseball game. Like, what do you replace that with? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you do? You know? Um, so that was kind of part of it. It was also like, the, we got we blended the idea of the podcast and getting really drunk, um, like in the garage, so much that like when it would be like it's like hey should we do a podcast this week and you know one of us would invariably go I don't know man I just don't think I can get that drunk this week it's like, <laughs> like you there had was, to you had to And yeah. so now that we've like kind of separated it you know um, but yeah the, yeah there were some people that were like were like you guys used to because episodes would go on two and a half hours just because mm. we lose you know we'd get drunk and just go let's keep on talking and then you know
0: terrible. right yeah.
2: I'm glad people seem to really like it.
0: And Christopher also says, I asked my girlfriend what I should ask you. And her response was, what's the funniest punk band? I said, how is anyone supposed to answer that? What does that even mean? And she cheerfully replied, he can take it any direction he wants. <laughs> so who was the funniest punk band?
2: Man, ah, oh, the funniest punk band could be... I mean, you know what? To be honest, and, and I'm not saying they're like the best punk band, but... No effects lyrically mm. can be, I think, uh, one of the funniest punk bands. Um, Aquabats is like funny in a more general, like thematic way. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The Dickies, they're pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I know. I'm thinking about it now too and I'm, bl- I'm blanking. Yeah. There's a, you know, it's a, yeah, I'd say, you know, no effects lyrically because they just kind of, you know, he's a good lyricist, so he has, he's good at writing quippy things.
0: Are the Dickies from Orange County?
2: No, I think one of them, they started originally in England, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. But then they, I there's think they, then they all moved to California, I think, right? There's I'm some other sure. band I'm like,
0: thinking of then. God, you know what's they, weird? They're one they, of my
2: favorites, but I don't know much about them.
0: Who am I, th- who am I thinking of then? It'll come to me. The then. Vandals? No, there's some band where the, they all, in a Ramo- <clears throat> Ramones-esque, way, Ramones-esque way, they all like, but I feel like maybe one of them has the name Dickie and they're from Orange County. Oh. And I feel like maybe Redondo or Huntington or... Anyway.
1: The Dickies are from the
2: San Fernando Valley. Really? Yeah. Was, is one of them British? Now that is for another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your bizarre album Do there. they
0: all go by Dickie though? Or no, they- no, they don't. Okay. Yeah. Then who the fuck am I thinking of? Um, all right. Uh, Shanna wants to know, what is the most challenging part of hosting the Mystery Science Theater 3000 reboot? What's the best <laughs> What's the slash worst fan comments he's gotten about it? Okay. So the
2: hardest part is the writing. I mean, like hosting is just fun, and it's mm-hmm. a, it's like, but it's a lot of stuff all at once. And it's performing with, you know, you got the robots on the side, but the voices from Hampton and Baron are coming from like f- kind of far away because we have the puppeteers we got these handsome puppeteers doing the bots and then Hampton and Barron are kind of like so i'm like looking at you know Tom Servo or Crow right next to me but i hear them mm. kind of far away and so that was kind of that's weird yeah you know, it was a bit hard to kind of put together um and of course like the songs are always like you know like cuz Paul and Storm write so many fucking words in their songs that it's like <laughs> it's a lot of work to do um best fan comment is um when i hear people saying like you know they they're starting to watch the show with their kids. They were fans, like they're my age or a little older and then they grew up watching the show just like I did Um, and because they're proper adults they have children Uh, and their kids are watching uh, the show and they're like, like, you're their Joel, you're their Mike Uh and that is like crazy to me and it makes, it really warms my heart when like a, like I go, oh, someone like some kid my age. So like, you know, like or it seemed like there was this little girl that dressed up in a Jonah Heston uh-huh. outfit. And I was just going, Oh God, that's like
0: That's so sweet. It's
2: so sweet, it's so incredible, and it's so so nice. So that's the and then the the worst is um when I was announced, and people would be like, You're gonna ruin my favorite show. I go, I hope not, and that'd be ruining my favorite show. <laughs> uh and then one was it was a uh, uh Mike would never rap. And uh <laughs> my my response was I doubt he could. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh and tiffany fuller says what good movies does he watch as a palate cleanser from all the bad is there a movie he has seen many many times how many and what was it
2: uh, i don't know how many times i've seen it or listened to it but ed wood is my favorite movie of all time um breaking away is a movie i watch really frequently i, I just got to do a screening of it and like uh do a moderated q a oh cool with like a lot of guys from the movie and that was really cool um uh, yeah, that's like I I uh, I watch just tons of you know I do watch Slock. It's like I don't you know like uh, I watch I am a Shutter subscriber and also a Criterion Collection subscriber. <laughs> you know it's like so I'll watch like you know Nightmare on Elm Street you know part four, the Dream Master, mm-hmm. uh, and then but then I'll also you know check out you know some like four hundred blows. Yeah, four hundred blows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just try to keep up with movies. I, you know, it's like I don't I try not to rewatch too much. Um, because there's so many movies I've never seen mm-hmm. that I, I try to make it a point to just always watch something that I haven't seen.
0: Have you seen Ad Astra? Not yet.
2: I do you, do seen you know it
0: how you're going to feel about it?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I, you know, I try not to watch trailers anymore, so it's mm-hmm. uh, I don't really know much about it. It's, just, uh, it's, it's Brad Pitt as an astronaut. Mm-hmm. K- kind of in, just ba- based off of that alone. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Jojo Rabbit. I might go see that tonight.
0: I don't even know what that it's is. It's
2: Taika Waititi's new movie where he plays Hitler. Um, it's uh, And then there's um, you know, Taika Waititi Who did uh, Fly the Concords Boy mm. Hunt for the Wilder People Thor Ragnarok um, he's, uh, he's He's one of my favorites uh, And then also uh, Yeah What else is coming up I don't know But I don't know it's like, what, what are your thoughts On Ad Astro? I saw it Okay um,
0: I Did not love it Yeah uh, And I saw it t- uh, Two couples And I saw it I was one of the couples <laughs> I was, was in one of the couples <laughs> I said that in such a weird way
2: Yes I spread over two seats so
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right But it was I don't see a lot of movies In the theater yeah. But we went to one That has reclining seats So I was Where'd like Where'd you go? Uh, City walk
2: Oh you gotta go to the draft house yeah. Downtown I know Illinois.
0: I need to go to it But anyway I was like I've never been this comfortable In my life yeah. So I'm like so sold On reclining seats The movie itself I really did not enjoy it And I felt And all four of us Felt that way mm. But then I had Jimmy Pardo on the show and he loved it and the reviews are all positive. So I feel like it's very much maybe a me thing or an us thing. I don't know. I just yeah. felt like to me there was just sort of a dearth of story, but maybe that's what they were. It felt like a short story that was turned into a movie and I felt like uh, a, a, I felt like a lot of it was not fleshed out, but I think I don't think that's the majority opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you think of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's something I'll see it on a plane.
0: Yeah, that'll definitely do it justice. Um, all right, let's uh, take some questions that came in on Instagram. Woo.
2: Oh, this is new.
0: I know. I decided to post it on Instagram.
2: That great picture.
0: And I know that Jonah does not like the picture I chose.
2: <laughs> That's that was from my Comedy Central special where I like had these like my favorite pair of pants, these brown jeans, and like they were just nice and subtle and bl- plain, and then. Uh, but I didn't realize, because they had a little bit of a waxy finish, that on camera and on a stage with lights, they're just going to come off shiny. <laughs> so a lot of people were like, why'd you wear shiny pants? <laughs> like a low-rent Eddie Murphy.
0: What's funny is this first question here. So I'm on uh, Instagram, at Allison Rosen. Please follow me over there. Um, Red Mud Nessa says and I don't fully understand the question, but it's about pants. The first thing <laughs> that comes to mind when Jonah and question are said together is why are pants
2: because not shorts.
0: Is this a reference to something? Yeah.
2: When we did the Nerdist TV show for BBC America, um, there was like, we would do these g- dumb game shows and my character was always like the guy that like, didn't really prepare or oh. had dumb things. And so like one this dumb, like Q and a thing, I think with, um, Guillermo del Toro. And I was like, a, uh, I was like, you know, a, matt Meyer had some kind of question that was very like you know like about you know and then then mine was like why are pants (laughs) and then he's like i'm sorry what like why are pants correct answer because not shorts (laughs) that's always nice when someone remembers that because i was always really dumbly proud of that and how (laughs) dumb that was
0: um i barely remember the bbc nerdish show what was the format
2: kind of a talk show kind of a variety show mm-hmm. kind of kind of sketches me and matt myra like took a trip on their dime to uh london and we did this bit called the nerdist boys in london where we just kind of fucked off and like did these dumb bits with like you know uh like different doctor who actors and stuff mm-hmm. like that it was it was a lot of fun uh, but we we had our friend mike henry do the uh oh i know he mike was he, yeah he yeah. was a writer on the show but he had him he did like a like the dumb little theme song for it. Oh, yeah. 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 Chip chip cheerio. <laughs> it's the bloody UK. Oh,
0: how fun. Yeah, it was fun. Did you, how did you feel about your character? Um, if you, cause you just described it as like you would ask these dumb questions, right? Yeah. 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 I just, uh, I like, I, I like,
2: um, I like, an, I like an idiot. I like playing an idiot, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a, cause, uh, playing an idiot is so fun. And that, that's kind of what I did a bit with, um, Uh, hidden america which was like it's like it like an idiot that thought he was smart but with power um, yeah and that didn't know how to wield it you know ego unchecked kind Mm -hmm. of thing so uh, yeah i'm always a fan of doing that stuff
0: satin sequence says deanna's running instagram posts are hilarious (laughs) i totally bought her friendship um, so, question: How is his mom doing? So please explain this to me yeah, and that uh, answer. So
2: Deanna, um, she's doing a marathon called Race for the Rescues, oh. which is a race. She's raising money for Santa Deor, which mm. is a kitten rescue. Yeah. Um, And so she, this is the second year she's doing it, and so this one she's doing a thing where she does these Instagram stories where she. Uh, like thanks everybody for donating but she does it <laughs> while she's running oh how and so funny she's like, yeah, thank you <laughs> they're like and it's just uh and then but she the more people that uh donate the more she just adds the names so she's like still goes through the entire list like, uh-huh. doing stuff. oh wow yeah so it's just this like <laughs> really funny yeah she's she's so funny and my mom is doing good she's coming down uh in a week or so and and she's uh, she's happy
0: and then the organic bud life says, "Bring him on childish, so you and Greg can beat him up about smoking pot." But I don't know what that means.
2: Like for well, not for not smoking pot? Or? Do you not
0: smoke pot? Is that your thing?
2: I it's not really a thing. Is I that your
0: brand? Yes, my brand <laughs> is, is the yeah, I'm the
2: anti Doug <laughs> Benson. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I may. I mean, maybe because I'm disheveled, people think I smoke pot. Um, I once did. A, I once did um, getting Doug with high, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, like a live one, and I like. Like, seized up because it was just like oh, Eric Andre brought some crazy pit bull that was barking. Harris Whittles <laughs> was on the show, and like, you know, Harris is one of those guys where he gets stoned and just start, yeah. Yeah, like he just starts, yeah, he was like, you know, that's well, like, like Doug, yeah, exactly. Like, that's when they get sharp. Like, if right. it was like booze or speed, I would have been like right there with them. but like, I get quiet and mm. then I could just don't say anything and I kind of just like don't want to say anything, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, I just like, you know, and then I remember being like on that show going, like, they're like, Joan, do you want to say anything? I was like, N-. Don't, no one bring this up. Don't no no one fucking bring this up to me. Don't no like say like, I don't know how to handle my weed. Don't like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Just don't mention this. This is dumb.
0: Oh, maybe that's what he's referring to then. Maybe. Beat him up about smoking pot.
1: It is on YouTube. Yeah,
0: I
2: know. You <laughs> know, it's still
0: there. I feel like that's the best. Cause I've done that show a couple times recently. I feel like that's the best show to have a negative reaction Though to yeah, pot yeah. As, as opposed to like where you're supposed to pretend and you know at least you can own it yeah or be honest about it um all right and then I believe we also that's funny we also <laughs> 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 oh no that's not how I said it that's yeah, so funny that's, that's what I said
2: that's so funny
0: yeah um I believe we also have some questions that came in on Twitter so let me yeah. get to those <laughs> Travis Knight says who's the biggest dork.
2: Uh, man, every day a new winner gets crowned, uh, King dork. Uh, but right now I guess it's, it would be, uh, yeah, Trump, usually Trump.
0: So this is a reference to the fact that, um, (laughs) if anyone does something dumb, like your political, your big political insult is just, you just respond to someone and write dork. Yeah. I'm a big fan yeah <laughs> is it on purpose like a pretty inert insult
2: yeah i think it's a great comedy word uh yeah. because it's a, you know it begins and ends with consonants and right it's one syllable uh and it's just like it's so um it's so it's a childish thing to right. call somebody mm-hmm. it's like dork you know it's it's uh just to kind of just just do that just like dork you know I, I i don't know i find it just so funny and simple and it's a it's a nice way to just be like, I disapprove.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The Okay Gatsby says one this is a three-part question: mm. Is Sunny Day Real Estate emo?
2: No, they are not. They're just a like a power indie band. I, guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know, alternative rock band. Yeah. yeah. i all, I mean, what's emo? It's like I, you know, what's just, emo in one decade is a different thing. Another decade, you yeah. know.
0: I i i did kind of consider them emo i guess you know what but i consider
2: them emo as like much as like people would consider them or the get up kids or promise ring or mineral or like you know Mm -hmm. it's like in looking back you go i don't know if this is even emo it's like it's just pop punk for the most part right
0: right people Uh, love
2: to people love to label i know and it's it's too hard
0: it's It's too too many subgenres
2: that's i don't even try yeah
0: two best underrated currently active punk band
2: uh Man, I mean it's just it's a, it's a form of perspective if you to say what's underrated. I mean, the uh the best punk band, you know, is Dillinger 4. You know, they're just the best. There's no beating them. Uh and but like, you know, people who like them wouldn't wouldn't say they're underrated. Like they're very well liked. Uh, but yeah, I'll just say Dillinger 4 for that one.
0: Uh best non-parody weird owl song.
2: Oh, uh mm. I mean dare to be stupid but it's you know because it's a style parody so it's like so specifically a style parody of Devo Uh, but Frank's 2000 inch TV I think is like my probably my favorite uh, Weird Al original
0: Josh Siebert why did he steal Sharpling's beer
2: no comment <laughs> I like how this bit is following me.
0: <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I don't team. even know what we're talking about. I don't about. even
2: want to get into All it. All right,
0: <laughs> West Anthony, lumbering, shuffling zombies versus nitro burning, funny car speed demon zombies. Which is preferable, and why?
2: Okay, a lot. This is a question that people. Uh, they're they're both valid. You get this a lot. Yeah, it's it's a thing I've talked about. I think because uh, you know, usually the question is like, there's there there's no such thing. They, they can't be a running zombie. Um, but my take on it is that say you get infected with the uh, zombie virus, mm. uh, um, and then you, you, you die and you come back. Uh, you still have that same amount of muscle mass that you did when you were still alive. Um, it's usually pretty quick. It's not that, uh, like, you know, the, uh, uh, rigor mortis isn't going to set in that quickly. Okay. So if you want to go and you're just wanting to eat something, um, you're going to go and Get it as fast as your body will let you. Of course, you after a while, your muscles will tear down and apart as you move more because it won't be regenerated because it's you know dead tissue. And then you'll become a shuffling zombie. So I think they both exist in the same world. Um uh, and um it's but at the same time, the Dawn of the Dead remake is incredible. It's and they're running in that and just it really amps up how exciting and dramatic that stuff can be. But of course I'm also a sucker. For you know the original Dawn of the Dead, which is one of the best zombie movies of all time, but then of course there's also Return of the Living Dead, uh, which is the best. Like the like you know, it's I mean I could go on on this all night, but like <laughs> I don't think they can talk like in Return of the Living Dead, but I do like that they run in Return of the Living Dead.
0: And lastly, <laughs> someone who's God dork <laughs> at new mom insomniac. Does he have any good baby boy name suggestions?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I, I really like the name. Um, name your kid Tarantino.
0: (laughs) Oh, Terry for short.
2: Yeah. Terry for short.
0: Mm. What was your dad's name?
2: My dad's name was Michael, Michael Ray Rodriguez. And that's why I'm Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Yeah.
0: Um, Jonah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for
2: having me. This was
0: great. Yeah, very, very moving.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I like, I, I'm not going to therapy this week, so this was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I will send you a
0: bill. Yeah, oh, um, no. tell ev- just kidding. Tell everyone where they can find you and what they should look out for and all that.
2: Uh, well, you know the Mr. Science Theater episodes that I'm very proud of are um on on uh, uh, Netflix right now if you've never seen the show or the you haven't seen the new ones I'd say watch the Mac and me episode from the gauntlet that's like probably you know something that's like it's one of our most solid episodes um, my the EP the, the punk EP I did of um, weird Owl stuff is uh, is available on all the digital platforms and the there's gonna be a second pressing of the vinyl uh, coming up soon on white vinyl so Ooh. you can't it's called you can't call me Al And, you know, Hidden America is available on the old uh, VRV.co and I'm on I'm at Jonah Ray. Uh, I don't like Twitter. I'm not as that good at, um, Mm. but uh, I like taking good pictures and doing neat videos on Instagram. So when does this come out?
0: Uh, A week from Monday.
2: All right. Yep. That's about it.
0: There you go. And uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Rosen. Uh, Check out the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. Listen to my other podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons called Childish and AllisonRosen.com for all your other stuff. I mentioned on Patreon, Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm also on Cameo. Just got a request today. They are trickling Ooh. in. Yeah, just a slow, you, slow trickle. New, new rate? Or yeah, you that I know. I lowered it to no, thirty. It works. I'm giving nice. it away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so check me out there. I will be raising my price soon because <laughs> I, I just I can't I can't do it for this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, for, I forgot
0: to mention Jonah Radio. Oh yeah. Uh, so
2: if you make music at all. Uh, send us your music, uh, Jonah Radio, R A Y D I O, at gmail.com. We, um, we take submissions and we help bands uh, get heard. Awesome. So, yeah. Tone Zone. <laughs> Where
0: uh, at, do we find you? At Tony
2: Thaxton,
1: <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, and Bizarre Albums every Tuesday. My favorite new podcast. Thanks. Bizarre Jonah. Albums is great. Uh, thank you. And, and I'm just going to support Jonah Ray and everything he does because hey. he's one of the most supportive people I know. All that stuff he was saying, it's true. Fuck love you, that. dick. All <laughs> oh, the shades go on. He means business.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.
2: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen, he's your new best friend.